That gave me a four, three, two, one. I already started the music. Here we go. Hello and welcome to That Band Life. My name is Jeff Young, Director of Camps for Music for All. And I'm Bobby Lambert, Director of Bands at Wando High School in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. That Band Life, a podcast about making our careers as music educators more fulfilling so we can be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. This podcast is coming to you ad-free. You can support us by visiting our Dynamic Marching Shop where you can buy things like rifles and shoes and gloves, podiums, megavoxes. Um, and Bobby, I wanted to talk to you about this. For some reason, we are the number one site on earth for replacement plume bags. I don't know if you know this, <laughs> but uh, I just fulfilled another order yesterday for more replacement plume bags. So just so everybody knows, we are the place to get this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't have the words yeah. for that. I'm, I'm, that's really over and underwhelming at the same time. It, it, it really is. <laughs> I, I, it's baffling. And, and my wife and I have a joke. Every time an order for a replacement plume bag comes in, I like ring the bell. <laughs> Ka-ching. There we go. Yeah. There we go. I'm sure we're making bank on replacement <laughs> right, plume right, bags. Because right, our markups yeah. are so bad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, Jeff, it's good to see you again. It's good to be back. Um, you know, it's been a, a whirlwind of a marching season, I think, for all of us. And today's podcast is really kind of about the the aftermath. That sounds more negative than I mean for it to, but that the aftermath of marching season and Jeff and I were just talking and we kind of feel like probably half the people are like, marching season was great. We can't wait till next year to do even better. And the other half of us are like, screw marching band. I never want to do that again. And I would say that most people are at both ends of that spectrum, depending on the day. And some people are just waking up and going, oh my God, I have 400 emails I haven't returned. <laughs> Right. Yeah. There's so many like professional development things that I should have been doing for the past two months that now are piled up. And that's kind of my Thanksgiving day pro or my Thanksgiving week project of trying to set all of those things in motion. So yeah, I felt I so totally bad get it. Monday morning because, you know, the division heads for the summer symposium all got an email from me on Monday morning. And I was like, <laughs> they're thinking, yeah, he could have sent this the last two weeks, but no, he sent it out the, the Monday after Nats. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. I didn't open it just quite yet. Yeah. <laughs> I could have waited, but, but I didn't. No, no, no. I, I, so I, I think that we want to let band directors know that you, whatever you're feeling is right. Um, and, and now is the time, but now is the time to really get some momentum moving forward. This is the time where you really plan to make next season, next summer, next fall, really work in your favor because it's kind of one of those things out of sight, out of mind. I think when people wait until like May, June to, to plan their seasons and all that stuff, you forget, oh my gosh, don't you remember how putting a rehearsal at 8 a.m. after a Friday night football game was the worst? And yet we just do it again. If you're like me, you, you pull up last year's calendar and you kind of just reset it for what's coming up. But Every time that we go through something, a season or even a, a contest, we'll, we'll go back and, and, and write. I have, I have a thing on my phone on the, the notes page of like things to not do again, literally That's says great. that. I think people who listen to our podcast regularly have heard that from you a yeah. bunch of times, but, but have they actually uh, tried it yet? 
<laughs> right. And it's, it's been invaluable to us. Uh, like, the, for example, we, we have a thing where we almost made the exact same mistake we made last year about we, we do a thing where eighth graders can come up and march in our holiday parade with us. And we had, had done it so that it was just a few days before the parade last year. And that wasn't nearly enough time. It didn't, it didn't work. It didn't feel good. So we had said last year, OK, let's make it one week earlier. So it's really nice and easy and they've got plenty of time and, and we can just really enjoy the time better. And sure enough, the, luckily, um, uh, Lainey Radicky caught it for us when we put the schedule together back this summer. She said, now, wait a second. On our notes page, it says to not put the, the middle school rehearsal here. Why did we say that? We were like, oh, my gosh, remember how terrible that was? So like e each year, we have more and more of those, those notes. Now's the time. The, now is the time to start looking to next year and saying, okay, what did I feel at the end of marching season? And what do I proactively want to do to make sure I feel more of that or less of that? Yeah. And um, so Bobby and I do have that course called uh, uh, Dynamic uh, Design for Total Program Success. If you ever want to just like... Did you forget the name I of the course? forgot the name of the course. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but it, that kind of makes... We are rocking and rolling, everybody. sit down. And it was like when it Bobby does. and I designed it, we, it was like more like therapy than, than anything else. Yes. Like how... Do, how do we organize our lives, um, you know, to have quote unquote successful seasons or years or whatever. So if you're interested, check it out. Um, it'll be on the dynamic marching website. Um, but today, so I, I texted Bobby this morning. I was like, Hey, I really kind of want to talk about parades, um, because, uh, a few different reasons, but, and he was like, yeah, let's talk about parades and other things that, you know, to think about now that marching man season's over now, what? And I thought that was a great idea. So we hope hope this is helpful to people out there who are just thinking about what to do next. Um, so, Bobby, what are some things that are on the Wando agenda that have nothing to do with mm -hmm. competitions or concert band festival? Right. Right. So for us, um, and we've we, this has been a process. This has been about uh, I would say a seven year process for us. But just you know, like right now at this time of year, a, a lot of things are coming due. A lot of things are happening and. Uh, you, if you've got, if you've just gone through the grind of marching season, putting your most aggressive concert literature together, or trying to do something really fast and thrown together, I don't think is good for anybody. Uh, so, at the, but at the same time, you know, not having to be at this uber high quality level is not terrible. It really isn't. People love hearing music, and I think we as band directors get caught up in the perfectionist side of things when it's like people just want to hear it. Uh, if you're going to wait until it's perfect, nobody's ever going to get to hear it. So we kind of started to look at where some places that we could go to play that maybe we didn't have to have it absolutely perfect. So one of the best things that we did a few years ago was nursing home performances. I, I mean, you talk about making some people happy. It, they're just thrilled. And the way we do it is we do it by chamber groups. So we'll take like three chamber groups over. Each one only plays one tune. And you've got a 20-minute concert there. They're done. Everybody's thrilled. We've had so much positive feedback from that. I cannot begin to tell you. It gives the kids some independence, but it also lets them see that their music affects people. Have they already started working about on, or working on those chamber mm -hmm. ensembles? Yeah, absolutely. We actually usually start around the last two weeks of marching band. When, when things are in place and you're kind of like, okay, we, we can only tune this F chord a few more times before we all lose our mind. Uh, so we'll say, okay, today – and we do this all throughout marching season. We take concert days. Um, 
depending on the band. For the youngest band will only do maybe one or two days a week, whereas the oldest band does all concert days. But when we do concert days, we'll do like half literature and then half chamber groups where they find the literature. They We print it out. We play it. And they'll do this at a concert that I'll talk about here in just a, a minute. But like this nursing home thing is a great idea. That The second side of that is um, the school performances, like at middle and elementary schools. Go down to your elementary school and play some pet band tunes as kids are coming in. People go nuts. Oh, they so not even a sit-down concert, but just no. more, more I mean, relaxed than that. Right. Like we've done another thing where we go into the lobby and as people are walking by, we're playing holiday tunes. And again, chamber groups. This isn't – it depends on the size of your band. If you have, say, 30 or less kids in band, then take everybody. If you have a little bit more robust program, maybe do a woodwind quintet and a brass quintet or a saxophone quartet, a percussion ensemble, anything like that. And people – you're planting the seeds with these elementary kids of like, wow, that was really cool. Uh, and it's what, what's great is we've been doing it long enough now that we have kids that are like, yeah, I can remember seeing this. When I came into school as a third grader, I kind of oh, okay. remember seeing my high school's show choir at a mall back mm. when people went to malls. I don't, I don't know right. if people still do that, but yeah, right, yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. I, there are several of our kids that have talked about seeing us in the holiday parade here. And when we opened it up to middle schoolers, we were shocked at how many of them wanted to march in the Christmas parade with us. It, it, it's nuts. So we're. You're just looking for those opportunities to get the kids out performing with as little pressure as as necessary. You know, they've just, just come through probably a pretty hard grind. So give them something to make them remember why they love playing music. I think that's the biggest thing that both Jeff and I are going to be talking about today that, you know, you can look at the high power uh, parades. You can look at all this this travel. But at the end of the day, what you're trying to do is to get kids to remember why they love music and you. Why do you love music and still want to do this every day? Very cool. What else do you guys do? So um, we do the concerto competition, which is really a lot of fun. We And we we start that at the very beginning of the semester and we talk to the kids about solos and we we print out this list of here are the master recital uh, possibilities. And students can choose from that. And I would say, you know, it's, of course, the majority juniors and seniors that do this. But we do a concert where they perform and we have a judge that comes in and does, you know, third, second, first place. And there's a, a scholarship that goes along with it. And it just it, it, it goes in tandem with marching season because I think that sometimes your really talented kids can get a little bored with the marching music over and over again. Or even if you're doing the concert literature. Anybody would. Those, yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so you're, you're high the, – the, and you want to have highbrow players. Uh, I mean I don't care if you're in rural nowhere. You still want to have some some people that are serious about the instrument and, and want to really learn more about it. And doing that is great. So we have a really good time. I would say we have between four and five from each of the instruments that we'll, we'll play on the concerto recital. And there's – it's been really interesting. We've had – Seniors mostly win it, but not always, and it gets pretty pretty intense. The judges have a hard time uh, figuring it, out who that is. Is it usually what they're taking to solo and ensemble? Well, to be honest with you, we do our own solo and ensemble here, and we do that a little bit differently, uh, but not actually. It, it's usually something they're looking for college auditions or uh, something like that. Okay. 
but that's that's a really cool thing that we'll do actually next Monday, the Monday we get back from Thanksgiving break. They've submitted their recordings. We'll we'll select the top two or three from each instrument, and those people will play on the recital. There there was another one that I had that is just fun, and that's like the tuba Christmas thing. I don't know <laughs> if you – it always happens in Chicago during Midwest. Yeah. It happens all over the country. But they're going caroling. My saxophone ensemble, when I was at UMass, we would go and play holiday tunes at this place called Atkins Farm. And it was this place where you could go apple picking, which, you know, if you're down south, we don't have those quite as much. But up in the north, that's a big deal um, to go apple picking. We'd go and play. They would give us hot chocolate. It was a great time. We had so much fun putting that together. It, it was, again, something to get our, our name out in the community. We, you know, we we did those pop up performances. If you remember during COVID, where we went to businesses and played outside, now, maybe asking them, "Hey, can we come in and play for fifteen twenty minutes at uh, at lunchtime or, or whatever dinner time?" And what's cool is you don't have to go there, band director. Yeah, you can send the kids. Like, hey. Burger King's a major sponsor for us. Which wait, wait, should they be paying us something for us using them as an example? We'll, we'll pretend that Burger King's Burger King's a, a big sponsor of that band life. I've been re- I've been working on that sponsorship agreement. It's Good, just not please. I won't out yet. I I will do it for a lifetime <laughs> supply of onion rings. Okay, you better believe it. <laughs> but uh, if let's say do Burger you guys King's have uh, uh, Chris Kindle Marts, Mark Chris Kindle oh, Marts. Like Christmas no. market, whatever. Exactly. They, like they have in one Chicago. of those on the north side of Indy now that's pretty cool. That's ice skating yeah. and, you know, uh, it's European foods and, and beer and stuff like that. Uh, I know right. that there are opportunities to play at those things too. Yes. Chicago Absolutely. has a huge Yeah, one. exactly. Any of, those, any of those things that you can, can go to and play, I, I think our, the kids have so much fun. We laugh a lot. And sometimes when it doesn't go so well, that's the best because it's like, hey, do you remember that time that we played you know, mm-hmm. this here? Uh, yikes. There was, there was a Hanukkah song that we played with the saxophone ensemble at, at UMass, and it was hard. It was really tough. The harmonies were really interesting and, and some rhythm things that were, were kind of uh, turned around. And I can remember we crashed and burned on that one time. And Mr. Clock, my saxophone professor, just gave us so much grief about it. But it, it, was, it made our section bond all the better. And I think now is the time of year and the time after marching season where you need to rebuild some of those bridges. Because I bet some of them were a little frayed or stretched thin under the pressure of marching band. And I think this is a really good way to do that. Yeah, the last few weeks of marching band season, whether you go to Grand Nationals or state competition or a regional, like whatever end of the season is, uh, nerves are really high and tempers yeah. flare and stress builds. And uh, you got to do something to bring those students back into the fold yes. and, and smile a little bit. And yourself, yeah. too. We put so much pressure on ourselves. And having having gone through seasons where it was disappointing, uh, and what's bad is, I rarely have walked away from a marching band season feeling indifferent. Well, let me say it better. I have never walked away from a marching band season feeling indifferent. I've walked away going, gosh, we got to get better at this. We have to get better at this. And that's how I leave every season, no matter how we finish. I always have like, here's what we need to do to better next time. But there are times I've walked away feeling very fulfilled and satisfied 
And this year was one of them. I felt very full. But I've, I've walked away not feeling that as well as we've talked about in different episodes. I think that the thing that I wish I had known then and that I do know now is looking like the best way to get past some of those things is, you know, acknowledging that those feelings are there. But what can we do moving forward? What are some things that we can do to get the kids and ourselves on the same page again and remembering why we love what we do? See episode 49. There it is. <laughs> or see, I was just looking to see which what number that was, but that was like – what happens when you end the season and you're just in the toilet? <laughs> you know that's you, right. But uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So those are just some things that you know, just in, in the immediate, you know, in the November and December, it's a lot's going on, uh, and we're not looking for you to, you know, for me, I make the kids rehearse themselves. They have to play for me for sure, but it's it's really about them figuring out how to put this together. And it doesn't need to be anything hard. You can get those. There are these little red books that have all of the holiday tunes in every key. And you know, here's the B-flat book for the holiday tradition. I think it's called Holiday Traditions or something like that. You buy a, a set of those for your band, and it doesn't matter who's there. You just make sure that you have first, second, third, fourth, and you're done. Oh, Everything's great. great. Yeah. Yeah. Those, so, are, those are really Bobby, easy. are you guys taking a trip this year? We are not. We're actually pointing toward a bigger trip next year that I won't disclose just yet. Okay. Yeah. We, there right, are yeah. Wando people that, that, that listen. We're going to make a pretty big announcement at the end of this marching season yeah. for where we're going to go. Very but, cool. Yeah. We, we try to plan a, a couple of years out what do you, we want to do. Do your students typically get to take a big trip every, once in their four years in the program? Well, yeah, and we usually will do nationals once or twice in their four years. We want to take a major trip. We want to play um, a convention or two during that. We we try to do a thing where if we take the marching band somewhere, we want to take something else. Like if we if the marching band goes to nationals, we want one of the concert bands to go to state or regional convention. Um, like last year, we did nationals with the marching band, and we did the CBDNA convention, the regional convention with symphonic band. Now we've the cycle is flipped so that our jazz band and our second concert band are looking for conventions to play. So that's that's where we are in the cycle right now. Cool. Yeah. The reason I asked is because you know this year I I got the opportunity to work with the national honor band at the Rose Parade, which I hadn't right. ever done before. And uh, the process of once we were out there preparing for the turn and, and everything, I thought we could talk a little bit about some big parades, but also some parades right. that like, you know, is Rose Bowl and Macy's Parade are extremely selective. And, you know, the odds of, you know, the 20,000 bands in the country being in one of those parades is lower than some other ones. But but the process is, is kind of like uh, important to know ahead of time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, whether it's a Fourth of July parade that you do or um, a holiday parade like Wando does, it's really important to understand the width of the road. It's really important to understand, um, you know, how do you make a turn? And I, I don't want to get too much into that, but like some people get like if you look at military bands and how they do a very structured every two counts, you you halt and you turn your body and then it goes through itself. It's very complicated. Uh, I don't understand how to do those. We usually do gate turn, which is just right. the inner part goes, marches pretty small steps and the outer part of it 
marches about an eight to five and everyone else stays in between them. And that right. that's good in most situations, although it does kind of require the front of the block to take pretty small steps after the turn or the end of the block is just flying once they get around the right. corner. But, you know, so it's important just to watch other groups do that and, and kind of learn from that and ask people who've done it before. Um, I know when we did the Rose Parade with the Honor Band, I immediately emailed Greg Bim because he's yeah. got this legendary diagram. And it, it's, it takes about an hour to chalk or tape or paint wherever you particularly are. We're, we were actually in the parking lot of the Oakland A's stadium. Mm. And mm -hmm. we had to use uh, tape because we couldn't permanently spray paint on the parking lot. But so we used, you know, just uh, big, huge rolls of gaff tape. And, you know, it requires ropes and, and uh, um, yep. it requires big, huge, long, you know, 100-yard uh, tape measures. And it requires understanding math. And But it's not too hard. I actually taped it or chalked it four different times in two days because we were at different places. Yes. Um, and by the end, got a little bit quicker at it. But it, it takes a while. Um, if you ever want me to share that with you, I'm sure Greg, I know Greg shares it with everyone. So right. Uh, feel free to email me if you ever get to do Rose Parade. Um, well, the reason that they're talking about the Rose Parade being so difficult is you have you have a slightly greater than 90 degree turn that you yeah. have to make. I think it's like a – Greg knows it. It was like a 108 degree turn or 102 yeah. degree turn uh, right out of the gate. But and it's real gradual too. It is very it, gradual. It's not like uh, a right angle at all. So No. Yeah. No, it's very it's very specific, and and that's right where the TV cameras are. Yeah, so that's why that parade is so different. Whereas the Macy's parade, there's almost zero. There's one roundabout that you go slightly on. Yeah, like a quarter it. turn around the roundabout at right. Trump Tower. There, there it is. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, it's weird because yeah. at Rose Parade, right off the bat, you know, you're you're in staging area, and then right off the bat, you perform for cameras. But mm -hmm. they and they see the overhead view of this whole turn, right? right? But in Macy's, you march the whole thing, and then at the very right. end, you run in, and the yes. NBC cameras capture you for ninety seconds, and then you're and you're, done. And you're done. You get on your buses, get out. Completely <laughs> different thing, and, and yeah. Instead of getting you from overhead, they're they're getting this tight shot of right. you know the middle part of your your group. Um, what's frustrating about that is you have to basically. I think you have seventy two counts. You've Nine groups of eight to get from the starting line to your set, only, mm -hmm. and it's so it ends up being like a five to five essentially. Right, and you have to play the whole time while marching five to five, That's and then right. you have to immediately stop and do your TV performance. Yes, and then you're done. So. It it is it is like the, that's a completely different rehearsal structure than the Rose Parade. Uh, I know it was for for us. I've done the Macy's parade twice and Rose parade three times. And it's, it's a completely different structure. And, but before we get to that, Jeff, I think we should maybe for the band directors out there to understand each of them has a very different process for application. Um, some of them will want, uh, but, but the, the general idea is you need to send uh, a, a great video of your performance and then the Rose Parade, I think, at least my impression is it's a little bit more about the quality of that application and how those things go. The Macy's Parade, I think it's a little bit more the uniqueness of what you're doing. Um, 
and who knows there there isn't a magic formula or anything like that but they they each have a very specific and very intense application process yeah i think the the rose parade since they have a different kind of uh person who runs it every year you get elected right. into that position i think that's why it's 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 much more on the submission and the video mm -hmm. and the resume kind of because that person is kind of new every year right um, whereas at the macy's parade you have wesley watley who's right you know he's been there for 20 A years as their artistic director of the macy's parade and he knows he knows he marched the in high bands. school marching yeah. band yeah mm -hmm. yes and, he did and he's paying attention to things like grand nats but rose parade people were at grand nats this weekend again and you know the, right for those of you who don't know, any band, any of any of the hundred bands at Grand Nationals can elect to be kind of thrown in the hopper. You can say, "I am willing to go to Rose Parade if chosen," or "I'm not." Um, right. And then when they look at that list of people who say, "I'm willing," and they 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 watch, you know, prelims and and semis, and they choose a band that gets to go the next year to Rose Parade, right. just like that. So, and then that band has to raise all of that money in like there eight it months. is. <laughs> That's yeah. tough. Who was it, it this is. year? Dobbins? No, no, no. I think it's uh, Castle. Castle, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. so. yeah. Absolutely, and rightly so. Great band. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be wonderful out there. Uh, I think it's it just a, it, they're they're both very different experiences. But at the end of the day, I would tell you this: with those two big ones, the community know them. Uh, we were shocked at Marion about how intensely the community got behind us when we did both of those. They, I mean, we we'd gone to grand nationals and done all those things and it was okay. That's nice. But when we said we were going to the Rose parade, oh man, support came out in droves. So I think that it's one of those things where if you're saying, well, there's no way we could raise enough money to make that go. You might be surprised uh, because there are people know who that is and they want to see their hometown mentioned on those TV spots. And they certainly do. They do a really good job on both parades of acknowledging the you know community and uh, all those all, all of that. So that those are great ones to do. Uh, if maybe you're not thinking about doing, if that if that maybe isn't quite what you're looking for, there are several other parades that are really good. There's the the Thanksgiving Day Parade in Disney. That's a great one. That that's really really very fun. There is the St. Patrick's Day Parade in Chicago. I've had plenty of friends do that one before. There's the Cherry Blossom Festival in Washington. You know, with that one, you can probably swing a military band clinic. It may not be with all of them, but just maybe a couple of players from there to come out for free, usually, to work with your ensemble. And that, that any of any of those parades, you know, and we didn't even talk about international travel. I mean, the London yeah, the New London Year's Day New Parade, Year's. Yeah. that's a big deal. It's a really big deal. Uh, the Ireland, Dublin, Spain, Italy. If you go to Midwest, Hawaii. you can find. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think they have a you holiday can, parade as well. I believe so. Uh, you, when you go to Midwest, there is like a whole row of, of international and domestic travel specifically for those kinds of performance opportunities. And so maybe if you're saying, hey, next year, you know, this next year will be the first year that sixth grader, like if you were a sixth grade beginner at COVID, you are now a freshman in high school next year. And so I would bet many of us have number issues and concerns that are there. 
And now might be the time to say, okay, we're going to maybe change the direction a little bit and and go for something like this. I think any of those are terrific. You know, we talked about parades, but then there's just historic sites. Jeff mentioned Hawaii. Going there and playing at Pearl Harbor is one of the best performances in my career. Uh, I have no idea how we played, but it was powerful being On the deck of the, the aircraft carrier? Actually, you play at the flag, uh, or at least when we went, we played at the flag uh, right there as you get on the boats to go out to the Arizona. Oh, uh, wow. I've, I've seen people. Yeah. I've seen people play on the deck of the ship. I, I, I don't know exactly how that works, but I, I didn't care. Just being there in that place and knowing what happened and some of the music that Greg had chosen to play with Marion, that, that's something that we, we have talked about quite a bit. And is a, is a really powerful thing for us. And then Washington D.C. There's a thing called the President's Cup there. If you want it, if you're saying I think I want something a little more intense, um, they do a, con- a concert competition that is hosted by the military bands there, and it's it's really quite good. I've had several friends do that, and they get clinics with the military bands and and the conductors. That's a really great experience too. What about the inaugural parades? Is that hard? Do you know anything about that that sequence of events? How do you get involved with that? Right. Well, I think it's one band from every state gets invited, and I know when Marion did it in two thousand, it was you know kind of tied with the state championship a little bit, uh, and and then who the the powers that be, whether that was the was the governor or the senators of the state. Uh, that kind of knew some of those things, that was part of that. But there was an application. There's always an application process for it uh, that's much like the Rose Parade and the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And it's it's about what have you done? What do you bring to the table? I think sometimes people think it has to be the best band. I don't necessarily agree with that. It's it's a really good band that has maybe a unique story that goes along with it, like something Al Roker can talk about on the that's on the exactly sideline. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, for sure. So making sure that you have those because almost all of them will say, "Tell us something unique or special about your band." And if you said, "We come from," This type of community, we uh, we have overcome this, we have experienced that. Whatever your story may be, make it so that everybody's sitting in their pajamas around the Christmas tree, or uh, you know, sitting there watching the president become inaugurated, <laughs> watching the president be- being sworn in. Something that they would find interesting. That's what that's what the television people are looking for. Very cool. I know the Mummers Parade, too, in Philadelphia is something right. uh, that I did one year. I uh, ended up taking the kids to New York City for a couple of days as well because it was right, right next door. But it was a, a parade that was a little bit easier to get into. A number. I've had a number of friends do that one. And they, they had a really good time. And like you said, New York is right there, which I think is a great trip. Um, maybe it's some like here's here's what I would tell you. If you've never done any kind of competitive parade. And what I mean by that is that there is an application process that you have to get through. If you've never done them and your program hasn't ever done them, start with something like Philadelphia or the Disney or one of those things where you can just kind of get your feet wet and see, is this is this something we want to pursue? I think if you've never done a parade before, jumping into the Rose Parade or the Macy's Parade um, would be uh, because it's a lot. 
it is a lot for both of them. Just very different demands, but it 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 really takes a lot of financially, um, time, logistically. And I don't care if you have the world's best travel company, it it will fall to the director to make a lot of those things go. I think looking at one of those parades that, you know, maybe especially if you could just drive to it, um, Cherry Blossom Parade, wherever, that's where I would start. And and again, we're just talking about what are some possibilities? What are some things that, you know, okay, we we did the competitive stuff this year. What else can we do? And nobody's paying us for any of these. We just, this is just what band directors would talk about around the water cooler, I guess. Yeah. Besides the prestige too, you know, doing a 4th of July parade, you have to march well by the 4th of July. And that's, that's kind right. of convenient. That's right? right. It's it's a pain at the time, but you know, there are some groups who do 4th of July parades every single year and guess what? You got to march in time by the 4th of July and it takes a that's lot right. of work to get there and it's a very tangible goal for the students to be able to say, right. well, I can't stick out. My mom's going to be at the parade or my grandma, you know. And so right. I know that that's really helpful in some situations just just for a preparation standpoint. Right. I think that I would maybe close my thoughts with this. If you felt, if you're feeling like the camaraderie and the chemistry of your group is really good, you want to make sure that you continue to create opportunities to build that. Sometimes that can be falsely created by more competition. And I, th- I think I would be, I would just caution everybody to you know make sure that you're saying okay uh, we're gonna we've decided to do indoor we we've never done indoor and so that's what this marching band season is going to. We all knew to. what you were saying. Okay, good. <laughs> good. <laughs> At least I did. Well, and, and and here's my point. Do I think that indoor is a bad idea? No, I don't. I think that if you can balance the pedagogy that is demanded of a thriving music program, a comprehensive music program, and do indoor, great. It's wonderful. But when I see groups that say, well, kids didn't want to do concert bands, so we're doing indoor instead. Because here's the thing. You, you will never grow musically just doing competitive marching band. You know, that there's no way. And, and our job at the end of the day is to make people love music more and be able to do it better. And while we may be saying, well, they love competition. Yeah, but can are they better musicians because of doing this? And sometimes I, I do feel like I can walk away from marching band saying we are better musicians. I can, especially our younger kids, they are much better musicians being with those older kids. But my top players, no, they're not. They didn't come away from marching band going, wow, I can suddenly do more. Uh, yeah, maybe it's like eating a well-balanced diet. You've got to have a exactly little bit right. of fruits, a little bit of vegetables, a little bit of protein. You know, I, I grew the most in my private lessons. That's but right. But I enjoyed marching band the most. Right. But also, close second was pep band. And sure. both my sons hated pep band. They didn't yeah. want to do it at all. And I was like, really? That was the yeah. best. Well, for me, you know, it was weird is I, uh, it was different in high school. I hated jazz band as a saxophone player. I know that's sacrilege, but I really did not like it at all. Now, when I went to college and I think I understood it better, I was okay. I get it now. And, but I needed to be, I needed to experience all of those different things. The first time I ever played in a saxophone quartet was my senior year of high school. 
And I thought, this is the coolest thing ever. And I just wonder now, like, what if we had just done competitive marching band or just done competitive whatever? Um, and I'd never experienced that. I, I don't know that I would have thought of music as a career at any point until I experienced the, the chamber music. So I think just making sure that we're, we're staying responsible to our calling, M make great people do great things. That's kind of our motto at Wando. And, and That's are we teaching character? Are we teaching them responsibility? But are we doing it with the right modalities? Are we giving them the pedagogy? Are we giving them an appreciation for musical styles that are there? I hate to be the, the pedagogue, pedagogue guy, but yeah. I, I do have to throw that in because I think it's so important. If we want to be taken if we want to be taken seriously as professionals, we have to live up to that responsibility. That's great advice, Bobby. You're going to be at Midwest. Oh yes, sir. Awesome. I am. Maybe we could do another podcast yes. from Midwest. Oh, that let's, was really fun. Doing that. It's a little weird this year. It's Sunday to Wednesday instead I know of Wednesday it, to right? Saturday, but uh, it'll. We'll make things work. We'll go That's to Coco right. Pazzo and have some Italian food. <laughs> you, got, you got to tell me which night we're doing that. I want to make sure I plan for it. I will this do time. that. I will email you. Cool. And uh, also really exciting news. Camp registration opens up on Thanksgiving Day. Oh, wow. So if you're wanting to give the gift of the summer symposium for Christmas... Uh, that's the day to do it. You can start registering students and put down a deposit, set up monthly payments. So it's really easy. Um, it's you awesome. know, summer hey, camp. Hey, speaking up, speaking of, Jeff Young, I will be sending a kid to camp. Yay. In the yeah. marching band division? In the marching band division. That's, that's awesome. right. That's yeah. great. Maria wants to come. So I'm I'm really excited. That's awesome. Well, you can use the the discount early bird. Oh, right that's now. right. <laughs> that's right. Look at us. We sound like we're doing a commercial right yeah. now. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we can get you a better deal though, Bob. <laughs> work at the camp, but uh, yeah, no, I'm excited about that. You know, it's really cool seeing behind the scenes all the different faculty that that right. are signing on and director academy. Uh, you know, last year was just nuts. It was bonkers. Right. It was so good. Yeah. So I think that if you if you're if you're at all interested in upping the leadership game of your program, there there isn't anything better. I don't even think there's anything close yeah. to what this does. And, and yes, it, it costs. Most really good things do. Yep. And so it's, it's an investment that will, you know, if you had, I, I have to tell you, I could tell a difference that our drum majors went through camp this year versus when we didn't. Oh, the pride, the, the, the drum major institute, the pride that those those students carry with them the rest of the season. Yeah. You know, everybody's uh -huh. so, this is the last story my about camp on. here, but yeah, um, the everybody's so uh, particular about uniforms and how, you know, no jewelry and your hair has to be just so in your uniform. Yes. But drum majors from the DMI have their little chevrons. Uh, yes. their necklaces just hanging out of their uniforms every time I see them. That's and right. I'm like, yes, yes. You're showing where you learned how to, how to be a great leader and conductor. And, um, and, and that it's a conversation starter with other drum right. majors from other schools. It's really cool. Yeah. It, there, there is nothing like it. So if you're, if you're thinking about it, you've heard about it, uh, especially if you're a director, come join us. There are usually some Yamaha scholarships that come out. Uh, around that, but yep. I, I know for a fact we have ten thousand dollars in scholarships for Director Academy and for wow. the Percussion Specialist Academy. 
So. Yeah, bring 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 some bring a, a a friend and come up together, and it it will be it is. I mean, I hate to use the tagline, but it is life changing. Mm-hmm. I went the first time in 1998, and uh, that was where I met my future saxophone professor from grad school and set several things in motion that have changed my career. So I wonder if ever, anyone's ever met their spouse there. I thought you were going to, that's where I met my spouse, but I knew that wasn't true. No, she was there. She was? Yeah. She was a swag. Okay. For the concert band track. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We need to do a survey. Have anyone, anyone out there, did you meet your spouse at the summer symposium? Well, I think that Samuel, um, Samuel Crawford. from Crawford from, um, well, he teaches in Atlanta now. He's originally from Alabama. I think that he met Claire at the summer symposium. I, I don't know if they met there and that's his wife now. Uh, I don't know if they met there originally or if they had already known each other and were just there together. But I know that they are uh, sort of semi-products of the yeah. summer symposium. So very cool. Lots of great things can happen. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Hey, Jeff, it's great seeing you. Yeah. And happy Thanksgiving and yes. to, to everybody out there. And uh, we really appreciate you spending uh, a few minutes with us today. And we'll, we'll make sure we're better this next couple months about putting some <laughs> podcasts out there. Well, Tell us what did, you want to hear about. Tell us yeah, exactly. Well, we, we actually did get a suggestion, Jeff, uh, of about what are some books that you and I look at? And so that will be probably our next podcast. Like what are, what's some of the things that we read, that we go through? What are some of the ways that, you know, to kind of bone up on, on music, but just even self-care and that kind of stuff. And I, I didn't want to do it for this time because I got to be honest with you, I haven't done a great job of it. So I've got to get back into that cycle of making sure I'm taking care of myself, making sure I'm fulfilling myself through things and yeah. that'll be hopefully that's hopefully the teaser for our next episode that's good homework i will download a book immediately all right <laughs> all right cool. well and thank you for listening till next time i'm jeff young and i'm bobby lambert and this has been that band life